Booster is excited to support DIA Schools Collaborative on furthering the missions of our respective organizations through Follow to Lead podcast and other DIA programming. Visit ChooseBooster.com for details on Booster's school fundraising events, technology, and customized spirit gear. Booster can help your Catholic school meet and exceed its fundraising goals. Learn more today. Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ the teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling out to cast deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice a month into the world of Catholic education and our faith, exploring what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. I'm Father Randy Sly, your host, and unfortunately, uh, Kyle Pientrantonio is not able to be with us for this program. Now, today we're going to be talking with Dr. Richard Ludwig, president of the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas. Dr. Ludwig previously served as the president of the Independent Colleges of Indiana, the nation's oldest association of 31 private nonprofit colleges and universities, enrolling more than 100,000 students. Early in his career, Dr. Ludwig founded a law firm in Indiana and later went on to serve institutions of higher learning across the United States. He holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in history from the University of Evansville, a Master of Arts in Higher Education Administration from the Teachers College of Columbia University, a Doctor of Jurisprudence from Indiana University's McKinney Law School, and a Doctor of Education in Policy Management and Organization of Higher Education Administration from the University of Oregon. He and his wife, Melinda, who is a pharmacist, have two grown children and I think three grandchildren. Am I correct in that, Doctor? Well, you would have been until Friday when we added number four. Okay. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Doctor, welcome to the program. Thank you, Father. It's great to be here with you and your your audience. Well, uh, we're so glad that you're able to be with us here on Follow to Lead. And we're here, of course, to talk about the new initiative between the University of St. Thomas uh, in partnership with the Word on Fire Institute. But we like to begin our program always by finding out some background about our guests. So could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Sure, I'd be happy to. It's, uh, as I begin the story, right, I was born at a very early age. That's, that's how those things always go, right? But I'm, I'm from Indiana, as you might have guessed from some of the, the background educationally that you talked about. And I grew up um, an only child, which is sometimes a little unusual for a Catholic family, on a farm. In fact, it was a pig farm. So (laughs) a lot of people are uh, interested in that. You're like, well, you're a university president, but you grew up on a pig farm. I'm like, yeah, I did. Um, So it was a a lovely rural upbringing. I was 
steeped in my Catholic faith. And, and much of that came from my mother, right? And my, my dad was a convert, mom, and I would go to church and then eventually he joined us, right? And so that was great. I was formed by a Polish priest. And that was, that was really, I think, quite good because it set the stage for being part of the JP2 generation. And so um, married my high school sweetheart when after we both graduated from different universities. And um, I, you mentioned the, our two children, Christiana and Richie, and our now four grandchildren. So that sort of takes up the, the whole scope of it. But really my, um, my vocation in life, at least to this point, uh, professionally has been one of helping others form and others mm -hmm. being the individual and the community. And, and I was inspired as an undergraduate to, uh, to say that, you know, the university life, the university experience is a great tool for that kind of formation of others and the community. So that's really what inspired me. And, and to this day, that continues to fuel my fire, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, now you served, I know, as the provost at St. Gregory's uh, yes. in Oklahoma, and then uh, you became the president of the Independent Colleges of Indiana. Now, that's a constituency of a variety of colleges and universities from a, uh, some so many different traditions and confessions. And sure. now you're back in Catholic land again here as president <laughs> at UST. How was it coming back to a, a Catholic university again? Well, you know, in, in some sense, I never felt like I left. And, mm -hmm. and part of that is because our great Catholic tradition is one that is, is very ecumenical. And in the, my role at uh, the Independent Colleges of Indiana, there were nine Catholic institutions when I began working there, and many more of other, as you said, confessions, and, and some that were secular. So it was really that bringing together and finding common ground around the good that, mm -hmm. that was, was central there. So in, indeed, coming back to a, a, a holy Catholic culture was a welcomed homecoming. But it's, it's one of those things, because it is a university, it is very welcoming to others, especially those of goodwill who seek to journey with us and find right. the goodness, the truth, and the beauty. And so our academic experience is predicated upon that harmonious dialogue between faith and reason and the revelation of truth through that pursuit. And we find that very appealing because others who come to us are drawn to that. And so it's, it's Catholic in culture, Catholic in orientation, but yet one of those things that is really welcoming to others. You know, when I thought at first of independent colleges of Indiana. And then I looked on the website, University of Notre Dame was one of your members. So Indeed. it wasn't just the smaller liberal arts schools. No. And, and usually that was one, when someone encountered me and learned of that organization, that was one of the first questions they asked, of course, was, is University of Notre Dame part of your membership? And, and, and yes, and it, it had been and was. And, you know, the interesting thing was, they were one of the most active members uh, when I left right, mm -hmm. that organization. And, and people were surprised by that. But, you know, again, it's that, that Catholic engagement of the other that I think really came through there because arguably Notre Dame didn't need <laughs> sort of uh, the others, right? It's the, right. It's the big dog. But um, 
they, they purposely engaged because they felt like they had things to share. And indeed what they learned was that by sharing, they also gained from that relationship. And, and we all do that, right? If we give of yeah. ourselves, we get sometimes more than we actually do. Well, now tell me a little bit about University of St. Thomas. I know you're celebrating, I think, 75th anniversary of the school. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Tell so, us a little bit about that oh, school. I'm happy to. I'm delighted to do it. Thank you for that question. So University of St. Thomas is, um, of course, named for St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, we have perhaps one of the premier, if not the premier, uh, centers of Thomistic studies in the world. Uh, PhD program, but we have lots of other things. That's the thing that makes us so, uh, I think, intriguing to people because we are in many ways uh, a Catholic sort of orthodox cultured Catholic university, if, if you want to call it that. But yet we are sort of unexpected because you might expect great um, Thomistic philosophy. You might expect great theology. You might even expect that we partner with our archdiocese with our seminary. But what you might not expect is great innovation, right? You might not expect that science has a, a significant place in what we do. Um, business, education, engineering, data analytic, analytics. I mean, there are a whole host of things that sometimes people think are sort of outside the, the scope. But if you look at Ex Corte Ecclesiae, the Apostolic Constitution for Higher Education, that written by Pope John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, um, he talks specifically about science. He talks specifically about that impacting the world and how we, as Catholic, um, need to be in that world because of the dignity of the human person that depends on it. And we see that more and more and because of a genuine human anthropology, a civilization. So uh, the University of St. Thomas does all of that. We have about 4,000 students. Mm -hmm. Our um, university is a beautiful physical place, but it's, uh, I think, even more beautiful in its human dimensions because not unlike the city of Houston, which is the most diverse city in America, sort of demographically, our student body represents that great span of the human family. And that's one of the things that is so remarkable about us is that we, in many ways, demographically, I think, and, and culturally, may represent some of the best of what's coming in the church in America and worldwide. Sort of a global family, uh, one body, <laughs> if you will, not separated by labels and and the other things that might uh, sometimes pull us apart, but really join together in common cause and common mission. One of the things that was intriguing when I heard about this uh, new partnership you have is to think about the fact that a university like uh, University of St. Thomas is now in a partnership with the Word on Fire Institute, and you're actually producing some high-quality video productions. It's a masterclass, I believe, called The New Evangelization and the New Media. Have I got that correct? You do. And, and <laughs> tell me right. a little bit about this, because uh, it's, it's really harnessing social media for the new evangelization. What's the genesis of this particular project? Well, um, that's a great question. And I will say the Holy Spirit is the genesis of the project, right? <laughs> Amen. Um, so we were, we were really fortunate 
uh, last year to have uh, Bishop Robert Barron come to the university to be our commencement speaker. And, um, you know, it's a big deal. We have NRG Stadium where the NFL Houston Texans play and thousands of people were there and he's up there giving his, his talk and it was very inspiring, makes no small plans, those kinds of things. Um, and he and I were talking both before that speech and a little bit afterwards about, well, this is really cool. You obviously are one of the, one of the pioneers, if you will, in, in social media evangelization, beginning with YouTube and all the other things. And, and we at University of St. Thomas um, are finding our way in that digital universe and have developed a new um, unit called Max Studios. And so uh, a little tip for you and your listeners, whenever you hear Max associated with the University of St. Thomas, it's about St. Maximilian Kolbe, right? Right. So, so the world at large may not recognize that, but as you probably know, he developed the largest media postulate in history uh, just before World War II in Poland. He was a, an innovator and he was using every media source available to him at the time, save one that he wanted to use, but he wasn't able to do it before the war happened, um, to get the message out, to evangelize the world. Went to, went to Japan, obviously so many things, right? Most people recognize him for his self-sacrifice, but it was really his media postulate that mm -hmm. was so tremendous. And so he is that inspiration for us. So as I was talking to uh, Bishop Barron, we're like, you know, it'd be really good if we could work together. And um, he's like, yeah, and he learned more about us and we learned more about them too. So it was one of those Hollywood moments, right? Or your people call my people, that kind of thing. <laughs> and they did, and they just hit it off. And so um, that was really it. You know, Pope Francis talks about dialogue and encounter and accompaniment. All of those things were in play when Bishop Barron and I had that conversation. And then Subsequently, our team members got together, and this program is really the genesis, really the outcome of that, and, and it will keep going. So tell us a little bit about this. Is this going to be like a, a project that has a beginning and an end? Are there like a number of videos that are going to be produced, and then that's it? So that's a, that's a question that I think is still a little bit open. This, mm -hmm. this first piece is, is sort of defined. Right. So we have uh, four, maybe five coming up. And I say defined and yet I'm waffling. Right. So and, and that's kind of how these things work, because we find new things. We find great things. We, we tweak things. So initially, um, there are four people that are just outstanding world class evangelists. And the thing that comes through so well with this is the authenticity. Right. It's the authenticity of what we call the influencers, right? They're just people like you and me, have real lives, have kids, those other things, well, all but Father Galea, <laughs> right? And, and so that's the kind of thing that I think people really resonate with. So as we do this, we, we have definite um, plans. We have definite video already on, um, I would say on tape, but we don't do that anymore, right? Um, yeah. that, that will, as we say in the vernacular, drop, right? That means they'll be available to people uh, through Word on Fire Institute and then through other sources as well and through the different social media platforms. So it's one of those things where we'll see how this first batch goes 
And my belief is that we'll probably continue, if not this, we'll continue other kinds of collaborations. Um, mm -hmm. The Word on Fire Institute folks have been really great to work with, and our people are charged up about that. And, and I hope and feel like they are having that great experience with us as well. Now, give us some names. Who are the people that are involved in these productions with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm so happy to share that with you because they're just, they're just crazy good, right? So Leah Darrow is one of Oh, sure. Them. Yeah. So she's, everybody knows Leah, right? Yeah. So, and she was so much fun to work with. And it was really, it was really cool because, you know, it's, it's a little bit like a, 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 a you know, a reality TV star, right? And so, um, you know, a couple of our young ladies of students had books and they wanted to sign them. They were all like giddy. And uh, so that was kind of fun. But the reality is she has just great common sense advice grounded mm -hmm. in her Catholic faith that helps bring the world into perspective for people. And I think that's one of the reasons why she resonates so well with right. her audiences. Another one is Haley Stewart, Haley mm -hmm. Carrots also, a Waco mom, homeschool, oh, all yeah. that other stuff. Um, so that's, that's awesome. She's great. Um, uh, another one, and this is a little unusual for some of our listeners probably, but not for especially the gamers, right? Uh, Jonathan Blevins, also known as Bearded Blevins. And mm -hmm. so he is a video gaming evangelist. When I say evangelist, is an electronic gaming evangelist. And um, he's a youth minister, has a bunch of kids, um, but he's on Twitch a lot. And if your audience may not be familiar with Twitch, but Twitch is a platform that allows people to watch other people play video games. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but let me tell you, it's a big deal because yeah. that's where... That's where millions and millions of folks are. And so mm -hmm. just like Jesus went to the people, we're going to the people. And Jonathan yeah. does a great job of that. Um, and then the fourth is Father Rob Galea. And he is a sensation. He is a priest in Australia. He's originally from Malta. And he has this fabulous way of singing, bringing people together. He's performed several times at World Youth Days, Pope Francis. And he's got this great presence, right? So you can just tell, so humble, but yet he reaches thousands and thousands of people. So those are the first four sort of out of the blocks. And um, I've had a chance to interact with all of them. And it's been a real inspiration because, as I said, the authenticity of it. And, and the way they, I think, will resonate with an audience that represents our church, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, this is about social media. This is about that kind of evangelization. And that's not me. Well, let me tell you, I think it is about you because it's really just projecting your friendship with the Lord via this medium. But, but really, all of us, for as long as time has been around, do that. We share our lives with others in an authentic way. And that's just what this is. So whether we were, you know, uh, cave people <laughs> writing our, our stories on the wall with those pictures, or, or later we put them on papyrus or scrolls and put them in a library. This is just another way of taking our story, our real human story, as part of God's family and telling it. And this time we're telling it with ones and zeros in cyberspace, but mm -hmm. still reaching people where they are. And who's the target audience for these videos? Well, the target audience really is everybody. 
But we think that um, folks who obviously are looking at Word on Fire Institute, and for those people who with our, our viewers of Mac Studios, and will be on the different platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, um, those are the kinds of things that, that people will see this. So that's the audience, but it'll be shared from the people who see it on those platforms with their friends, with their families, with, they'll be telling the stories. And that's what we think is so powerful. It's amazing to me how social media really has kind of taken on a new role within uh, the church, but within society. And I think the pandemic really almost escalated it exponentially. Uh, I know that yeah. when we went into the pandemic at the high school and at the parish I was serving, um, I was no longer able to celebrate mass. So I basically took my uh, mass reflections online every day. And it's interesting. I'm still doing it. You know, <laughs> I've done over 700 daily episodes and it's, it's just a way again of keeping connected with people that you built a relationship with during the pandemic. And now it's continuing. And I think that this, more people are probably discovering they have more connections online than they ever thought before. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's um, again, it's a tool. I, I like to talk about innovation as a fundamental of our church, right? Our church has always been at the forefront of change. And, and people are like, the Catholic church is about change. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have come to make all things new again, right? That's, that's Jesus. And, and so with us, this is just a change, right? This is a change, people getting used to the infrastructure that is available to us almost ubiquitously at very little mm -hmm. cost or no cost most of the time. I, I, I hearken back to when our church first began. You know, what happened immediately before that? There was this great Roman Empire. What did they do? They built roads. They built means of communication. They built this great infrastructure that what happened was God sent his, his only begotten son <laughs> into the world. And he sent his apostles out on those very roads, on that very mm -hmm. infrastructure to reach the world. This is an opportunity in our day to do just the same thing, to leverage that infrastructure that was built, maybe not by Catholics, right? But to bring the word, to take the word of God to others through any means that we have available. And this is that infrastructure. So it's for everybody. Now, uh, I mean, one of the things that's, that's quite obvious is that social media has both its positives and its negatives. There's kind of a dark side to it as well. <laughs> You're telling and, me. <laughs> yeah, I know when I was, you know, as a high school president, uh, the uh, three scariest words that I uttered was, they did what? <laughs> and sometimes it involved things that they were doing on social media. Um, what, what, what about social media? Can you say in terms of, is, is this a way of redeeming it? Uh, and, and are there, are these ways and there, are there other ways we can offset the negative impact that it's having, especially on young people? Well, I, I really think so. You know, there, there is the temptation uh, for people to do evil <laughs> is everywhere, right? Right. And just as just as social media and technology makes it easier for good to flourish and to thrive uh, with others, ill can also flourish. And and that's where I think it's incumbent upon us 
to do our best to flood, to absolutely flood the space with that which is good. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a university, uh, we have lots and lots of different people, and we have lots and lots of different people who will comment <laughs> on what we do or say or, or promote. And, and that is an open space that sometimes, and we take our cues from the folks who are very good at this. Uh, Bishop Robert Barron is one of those where, you know, he'll, he'll put something out there and then people will run at him. They will come at him with evil. And, and he takes that and turns it into a conversation, right? And that's, that's a wonderful skill set that I think all of us can learn how to do that in a particular way. And I was talking to Father Rob Galea about this. And he says, you know, I, I don't block people unless they, they, they are, are personally attacking in some way. Right. But if, if they are attacking a, a, a doctrine, a dogma, a question, then he, he says, you know, that's when it really happens. That's when the questions, and, and you may not win that argument. Ours is not to win the argument, right? It's not to have the argument. It's to have that conversation. It is to be Jesus in front of someone, opening the possibility. You know, St. Pope John Paul II said it so well. I propose, you decide. And the church has always been that, a proposition, not an mm-hmm. And so right. that's, that's the thing that's so great about this, is it lets us have that dialogue. And those of us uh, just need to be a little thicker skinned sometimes. <laughs> I think that's right. It's interesting how a negative comment will shut off conversation. Right. And I, you know, I think of St. Paul's admonition, speaking the truth in love, that mm-hmm. <clears throat> if we respond in love and basically represent, and I love, again, that beautiful quote, you know, uh, it's a proposition, not an imposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, and, and a lot of times that those evil or the bad or the, whatever, the mean comments, let's say, a lot of times that comes, I think, from fear, right? Sometimes it's, it's from just mean, <laughs> but a lot of times it comes from fear. And so there, there was a, there was a song uh, that Casting Crowns had, I think it talks about the place where fear meets the God we know, right? Mm-hmm. And, and where is that? That is, that is inside each of us because we are temples of the Holy Spirit. God is in us. And if we just let that be, let ourselves come out to that fear that others show us, then I think we have a real chance. We have a real chance to make a difference that the Holy Spirit can then do the real work. The interesting thing to me is that there is a, a, like a keyboard anonymity Mm-hmm. that is a part of the social media sphere that uh, people have the ability to really go beyond what would be their normal protocol face to face when they're on uh, social media, they can get nastier, <laughs> uh, stronger, uh, you know, attacking people or whatever is, is this covered in, in some of the videos that you're doing? You know, I think it's touched on. I don't know all of the content, right? So um, I, I would imagine that because all of these um, masterclass artisans, we'll call them, right, the influencers, because all of them have been on social media for such a long time, I know that all of them have dealt with this. So it would be my guess, without having seen all the content, that uh, they will indeed deal with this in one way or another. You know, and the other thing is, whether it's specific to this environment of social media or whether it's 
about us in our daily lives going along. We all run into those things. And to your point, the keyboard anonymity may give people more strength, right? But it also sort of tells you where they really are more so right, yeah. than maybe the, the face-to-face would. And so you have a chance to mm-hmm. peel it back a little bit more. So if we are strong enough in our own faith and the confidence that it's not really us out there, it's us as agents of our God, um, I think that gives us the power to push back in, a, in the right way, right? And help people see things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. And that's why the rawness of it, I think sometimes is more of a benefit Mm-hmm. than otherwise you know now of course when i'm on the receiving end of all of that stuff i don't think it's always a benefit right but in recollect in reflection i think it does help now max studios is the 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 group out of ust that's actually doing the work on this absolutely yes max studios is our our social media but it's all it's more than that right we do um all kinds of podcasts we do video production those kinds of things. And um, the incredible thing is that the, the two principals in there, uh, Darnell and Bridget, uh, <laughs> they are alumni of our institution and they're just dynamic, right? They, they do a great job. And we bring people in, you know, I, I've done a podcast recently with the CFO of HP, with the chief global innovation officer of Cisco. I mean, those are the kinds of people that we talk to about innovation and other things. Um, Spelunking with Plato is a podcast that our executive dean, George Harn from Arts and Sciences. I mean, so we have all kinds of media properties and um, it's, it's really great to see how it's just taking off. It's interesting. I was watching Bridget on one of the uh, videos on your website and, and they do an, an amazing job, uh, very professional, high quality <laughs> Uh, it is great? super. They're just yeah. awesome. They really are. <laughs> now, is that actually incorporated in a curricula at uh, the university as well? Is this a part of maybe forming people for the future in this area? So that's a really great question. And the answer is sort of now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me explain that. Um, we have a communications department. Um, and what our goal is, is as we move that program forward, it will become more and more in tune with digital media like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's about telling stories, and that's that's what our life our lives are about, right? Um, we also have on the drawing board a a master's program in digital arts, which will be um, incorporating part of this, but it will be really tech focused. So, how do we bring the great tradition of the liberal arts into the digital world. That's a Mm -hmm. a significant play for us. And it's not just, oh, making graphs and doing that kind of stuff. It's it's telling the stories, telling the stories in business, telling the stories in healthcare, telling the stories in whatever field it might be. So so Mac Studios is the sort of the first out of the box tangible way of making an impact in the world to be an evangelizer. And not a proselytizer right? But an evangelizer so that we are sharing, we're sharing the good news. We're sharing that in the way that we are with each other. It's interesting uh, at St. Michael, where I was president, we had, uh, and we still have interns 
from the student interns who are working on this podcast, doing the technical part of it, editing and things like that. So I would think this would be a great recruiting tool for going to high schools and saying, if you want to explore the digital world as your future, this would be oh, good. It, it absolutely is. And you know, um, so we have interns and others. We have a program that, that is called um, Rising Stars. It's a lot like a Cristo Ray program, only Cristo Ray goes to college. Right. <laughs> and um, so we have, we have several very talented people and it was really exciting for them. They're like, yeah, I can do that. Or maybe they did it in high school, but now they're taking it to the next level. And, and this is one of those things where Mac Studios isn't just kind of, you know, sitting in a, a small room somewhere on campus. We, we've been filming in Chicago. We're in Nashville. We, you know, we're, we're going all over. And wow. Houston is such a dynamic place itself. Lots of people come here anyway. So mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that we think is a really key is that we don't just sit and sort of read the news or those kinds of things. We go out and make things happen for people. And we think that's really much more interesting. Well, I want to just sort of shift us a little bit. And I want to have you dig back into your education background and, and all of that, because most of our audience are uh, Catholic school teachers, administrators, things like that. And uh, this is kind of an interesting time in our world. Uh, I, I know you have an undergraduate and graduate programs uh, in the educational sphere. What, from your, from your chair, what do you see as the greatest need that Catholic school teachers have today? Oh, man, I think it is faith. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, that may not be the expected um, answer, and, and most of them have faith. But I, I think it's, it's clear that with the resourcing issues, with the societal issues, with just, it feels like there's just a lot of pressure everywhere. And, and then when you're with the students and you see that spark, you see that formation happening, that's, that's magic, or that's just God, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, that's why I think faith is so important. And, you know, here at University of St. Thomas, though we teach maybe at a different level than many of the teachers that you're talking about, it's the same kind of thing. It mm -hmm. is that connection with the human person that makes the formation possible and really is something that you set in motion. And this is why faith, faith is, Faith, of course, is belief in things not yet seen, right? That what you do today is going to impact the world, not just tomorrow, but really forever. You put in motion a goodness that mm -hmm. is so incredible. And so our, our teachers, they're beset by all of these things. Our administrators, yes, um, you know, especially with Catholic education, but, but take heart. There is a new day dawning. And, and University of St. Thomas is one of those places. Higher education is perhaps one of the most industries beset <laughs> by the issues of today, right? The right. social questions, the financial issues. But yet we are staying in faith and that has given us the strength to redouble our mission, to make sure that we are a place that welcomes people, especially people of goodwill. And because of that, we are thriving. We are at our record mm -hmm. enrollment. We have set record enrollments over the last three years, and, and we've done it with a, a financially good posture, right? But it's not about the money, and it's not about the numbers. It's about our mission, 
our why, God's love being shared openly with others, to helping those others flourish. And that's why I say faith is so important for educators, because ours is a true vocation, a calling. And that's where, without that, the other stuff doesn't really matter. So when you're looking at an incoming freshman coming from, say, a Catholic school, what's, what's your ideal? What, what do you... <laughs> What would you like for our teachers to be able to offer to you uh, in your freshman for your freshman class? Are you looking? I mean, academic excellence, of course, is is really important. But what else about the student? Well, you know, I I have been around higher education for a very long time. I used to work in law schools, and I've seen very talented students. Right, so. Um, those who've been very well prepared by the educational systems. And that's terrific. And that's, that's great. And it gives your students a head start. The thing that I find so remarkable about our students is that they are good people, right? I mean, I, it's incredible. You, you hear these stories about other universities and, you know, we just saw images on TV with spring break in Miami, right? And the police were called, all this sort of stuff. I think about those images and then I think about our students. I mean, we had a crawfish boil, a lot of fun. No police were called. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So, so they're, they're good people. Right. So, so I, I love that that community exists because there is a corporate goodness about that, which is no real um, surprise, I guess, when you look at our Basilian founders, Basilian fathers, uh, goodness, discipline, knowledge are the three values that they bring us in the university as one more community. So mm-hmm. when, I, when I think about what's, what teachers can do to help prepare their students is that values orientation is so mm-hmm. important. You mentioned the academic preparation. Yes. When they come here, they're going to have a core curriculum that is among the finest, if not the finest, of any Catholic university in the world. And it is predicated upon the great traditions of the Western cultures, um, but it also incorporates some of the contemporary things that, that we know are going to be lasting. You know, what has come from the Second Vatican Council? What has St. Pope John Paul II and Benedict given us and Francis? Those are the kinds of things that, that we put current issues into context with that and with the great patrimony of our intellectual tradition. That's beautiful. I, I love the idea of just goodness as being such a key quality because that is inherently a part of our spirituality, but also a part of our anthropology. It is. And, you know, a, a university is, is a, in some ways like a, a community, not unlike a parish, right? And it is not a museum for the good, but it is a hospital for those who are hurting. And so when I say goodness, you don't have to be perfect, right? Right, right, but right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's important that the mindset is one that you want to, to become better, right? You want to flourish. You want to be that, that good steward of the talents that God has given you. Dr. Richard Ludwig, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, this has been delightful. And again, just so that we have it on the forefront, I want us to, again, uh, remind everybody about this wonderful partnership. It's with Word on Fire Institute, mm-hmm. a masterclass called new, The New Evangelization and the New Media. And where can people find this? You can find it at St. Thomas. <laughs> 
MaxStudios.com. Uh, that's S-T-T-H-O-M, MaxStudios.com. You will also be able to find it on Word on Fire Institute. So those who follow that or subscribe, you, you can find it there. So, um, but check us out at stthom.edu. That's the university's main website. And you can get the Max Studios from there. And that's, mm -hmm. that would be a good way to find out more about this as the information comes out. And as I said, it's going to um, begin next month is when the episodes will start uh, to proliferate. And, and I'm just excited to share that with everybody. This is going to be a really good thing that I think people are going to get interested in and excited about because it brings our church together. That's the other thing I just, you know, talking with you and the Duke and Alton uh, group today is, is really a pleasure. It's a great thing for us. We are partnering with lots of different apostolates around the world. And University of St. Thomas hopes to be a catalyst for the new resurgence of apostolates in the Catholic Church. So thank you and God bless you for the work you're doing and the people who are out there in those schools. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, thank you, Doctor. That's 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 really encouraging, I know, for all of our uh, Duke and Alta member uh, schools, as well as others that are uh, listening or watching today, that uh, there really is a reason for us to be doing what we're doing in Catholic education. Uh, it isn't uh, for the purpose of holding on while everything is is falling into the abyss, but it's actually a, a moment of opportunity for the new evangelization. Amen. That's it's very encouraging, again, to, to hear those kinds of words. Now, uh, for our audience, uh, if you have not already done so, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a comment in terms of things you would like to see in terms of future programming. We'd also like to thank our intern, uh, Alex Shire, for assisting in the production of this podcast. May Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead. <laughs>